Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Fiona Jai was a young, talented 16-year-old girl in Warrington, Northern England. She was loved, not least by her family, her incredibly supportive mother. She was trans, she had a big online following, particularly amongst other young trans people. Now, nearly exactly a year ago, she was murdered in the most hideous possible circumstances by two other pupils. They've now been charged and convicted of murder with life sentences handed to them by Manchester Crown Court. Before Brianna's murder, she was subjected to hideous transphobic harassment and bullying. Crucially, her murder is now being recognised as a hate crime. The context here is important. Britain is in the grip of an anti-trans moral panic. Transphobia, that is straightforward bigotry, prejudice directed against trans people, has been whipped up by the media and by politicians, portraying trans people as at best a social problem, at worst as outright dangerous, with very disturbing parallels with the anti-gay moral panic of the past. The reality that trans people suffer, like abuse, including in all too many cases from their own families, violence, discrimination, access to relevant healthcare, we could go on, airbrush for reality. With all that in mind, I'm so honoured to speak to the journalist and legal researcher Jesso Thompson. They sat through the whole trial in this truly distressing case. There's no better guest than the exceptional journalist and legal researcher Jesso Thompson, who has been every day sitting through this trial, hearing unbelievably harrowing details about what happened to Rihanna. Um, so firstly, Jess, I just want to say what you've done. I've been reading your reporting throughout and it has been absolutely exceptional. And you should be so, so proud of what you've done. Um, but it, it, it can't have been easy. It's a very, it's a hugely traumatic uh, case. And I just want to say all my love and solidarity for, for being able to go through that case and then just being able to speak about it today. Thank you. I, I just want to start with a statement which was issued by the Crown Prosecution Service. Let's just have a listen. The sentencing hearing concludes one of the most disturbing cases that the CPS has had to deal with. At just 16, Scarlett Jenkinson and Eddie Ratcliffe are convicted killers, responsible for the brutal murder of a young girl who thought they were friends. The planning, violence and the age of the killers is beyond belief. The two appear to have had deadly influence on each other and turned what may have started out as dark fantasies about murder into a reality. The messages between the two provided a terrifying insight into the warped desires and fantasies of the two defendants. However, they also provided us with the motivation behind the attack, the plans and the attempts to cover it up. Crown Prosecution Service presented all the evidence in this case for the jury to consider, including the hateful and dehumanising language used to describe Brianna. We applied to the judge for an increase in the defendant's sentences because we believe this killing was a hate crime, motivated in part by hostility towards Brianna because she was transgender. We are pleased that the court has agreed that this was a motive. Today's sentence reflects the brutality of the two killers' heartless crime, and while it cannot erase the pain of Brianna's loss, we hope it brings some closure. 
Crown Prosecution Service would again like to thank Brianna's family for the courage and dignity they have shown throughout the proceedings and our thoughts and sympathies remain with them at this difficult time. So Jess, I just want to ask you about this first. Um, for a long time, the narrative was, well, actually, yes, she was trans, but that doesn't, but the, the transphobic element was belittled. So do you just want to talk about that statement and just how the transphobia has been erased from this? Yeah, I, th I think it's really important to have this, you know, very clearly stated by the judge yesterday in her sentencing remarks. In, in fact, it was, you know, key to her determination of the eventual sentence. It, it's what the anti-trans hostility in the case is, is helped her determine the, the starting point for the minimum sentence that she eventually passed. Um, and hearing it from the CPS explicitly in the terms hate crime, I think is really important because there have been attempts significant attempts by um, various significant gender critical commentators, by um, members of the media to pretend um, that what anyone who sat through that trial would, would know um, is, is was not true, that, that this was this was a, a sadistic murder, as the judge said, and, and that it was motivated in part by hostility to, to Brianna on, on the basis that she she was trans. Um, sitting through the trial um, was, as you say, it was an incredibly distressing experience. I know members of the trans community have been very upset. Just reading my coverage, obviously I have not even reported everything that was said in court um, because the level of disturbing detail was so upsetting um, that I didn't you know, want to unnecessarily reproduce that harm um so yeah I, I struggled um I struggled sitting through the trial um and especially you know listening to the transphobic messages um between the defendants when they were discussing um and planning the killing of of Brianna there were references to her plans to look at her genitalia after they they had killed her to see what size of penis she had um there were um there were continual dehumanizing references to her one of the defendants um who we now know is eddie ratcliffe um referred to her only um, and continually as an it uh, for the duration of the conversations between the two um and also said that um, when when they killed her, he, he said he wanted to see if Brianna would scream like a man or a girl. Now, obviously, hearing those messages, um, it's pretty impossible to come to any other conclusion that transphobia was playing a pretty key role here in the dehumanization of, of Brianna that, you know, we all know is what makes killing possible. But I think it's not just the you know, the, the motives of the defendants that is, is particularly interesting here, although we do now know that the judges determined it was a motive, it was a transphobic hate crime. I think also um, that Brianna herself, and, and this has been a key feature of the case and of, of the trial, was incredibly vulnerable um, and that they were able to target her and, and, and to eventually to kill her because she was so vulnerable, in part because she, she was trans. She suffered from anxiety we heard in court yesterday from Brianna's mother that um on the day she was killed was the first time she had been able to get 
on the bus by herself on the way to the park to to meet um her murderers uh and you know brianna's mum um we heard this evidence during the trial um received a text from brianna on, on the on the bus from uh when she was on the, the way to the park um when brianna was telling her mother that she was scared and Esther Jai, Brianna's mum, told the court how proud she had been of Brianna for, for making this step and doing this. So I think this, you know, this really highlights how vulnerable and isolated Brianna was and, and you know, the necessity, I think, of acknowledging that, you know, young trans people are often vulnerable, do need support, um, and that this vulnerability is, is what made Brianna's death possible in this case. You, you, you've said a bit about Brianna there, but can you can you tell us a bit more? What was the kind of picture we we have of her? So, this is why it's so upsetting. I, Brianna was um, described as incredibly outgoing, as, as in, in, incredibly lovely. Um, she wanted to be famous. Um, she made TikTok videos, and I think you know this is part of the reason why. Her death hit the community so hard is because you know a lot of tr young trans people you know were watching her videos on tiktok um she was full of life and it was taken away from her um and you know we we heard that she she had anxiety she had adhd and autism that she was she was she was very scared but that she was also so so in, you know in contrast so outgoing so full of life and and and, and such a wonderful uh young young woman and she she her life was rendered far too short um in in the case itself a truly disturbing case you, you talked about these transphobic messages the media since have so the Daily Mail, it was a transphobic hate crime, all that kind of stuff. How do you feel seeing now the, the British media, given its record, and actually given the way it initially described what had happened here, how do you respond to that? I have a, a mix of emotions. In some ways, I feel relief that it has been, is being accepted, that Although not by everyone, I'll, I'll add, there have been um, high profile gender critical figures who have, for example, reacted to, to this by trying to attack Brianna's mother for supporting Brianna and transitioning. You know, it's not been a universal acceptance of, of the role transphobia played. There are still definite attempts to undermine that. But I, I guess there is relief in some sense that it's not being litigated on the front page of the daily mail in mm -hmm. that sense mm -hmm. but you know there's also i think um rightly from me and from others very severe anger um that uh, the hypocrisy of um a media establishment that every day engages in and supports and prints language um you know one of one um, one of Brianna's killers um, referred to her as unnatural, an unnatural creature in the, in the messages, um, and that's that's the kind of language that we see in opinion pieces, in in these newspapers. You know, they 
they recreate and, and reproduce this kind of hostility and and certainly the vulnerability of, of trans youth by you know um supporting attempts to um make it more difficult to be trans in 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 schools by you know talking about limiting trans young people's access to health care um, to see the same newspapers that promote this kind of anti-trans bigotry every day now turn around and, and pretend that they are against transphobia and that they are devastated by Brianna's death and 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 that they um, you know that that this that they haven't been denying this for twelve months that they haven't been underplaying this for twelve months and that they haven't spent the last few years attacking the trans community I, I think is is pretty shameful. I mean, just on that, you know, parallels are often drawn quite understandably between today's anti-trans backlash and the anti-gay by backlash of the 80s, 90s. I mean, I say backlash, that's not really portraying it properly, is it? I'm suggesting we've done something wrong. No, um, but it, it's almost, you know, in, in, in a kind of it, kind of a hate campaign against often as gay and bisexual people became more visible and you've got a movement which fought for people's rights and you've got this kind of, you know, portrayal of sexual predators, uh, threats to children, uh, defies of the laws of biology. Um, it's a mental illness, uh, a fetish. Why should the majority have to change because of, a of the winds of a tiny minority? It's all the same stuff, all the same narrative. I think what's striking though is, you know, that history people often go, well, well, they were being hateful and we're not being, you know, but if you look back at how, for example, Anita Bryant in the 1970s, one of the leaders of the anti-gay campaign, she didn't say, oh, I hate gay people and all the rest of it. She said, no, God loves all his children, including gay people. That's why I'm trying to save him. I'm not homophobic. Uh, and there was this accusations that um, anti, uh, sorry, gay activists were uh, aggressive and militant and terrorizing Anita Bryant. Uh, and she was just being polite and well-spoken. And she was just raising legitimate concerns about children's rights. And she, the movement was called Save Our Children. And again, it was about saving children. I just, just, just in terms of today's context, because a lot of the, the rhetoric, people go, we're not, we're just asking questions. But it's the fact it's always framed in ways that presents trans people as a potential problem, as a threat, as a menace, um, whilst the reality of, of what trans people go through is just not. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, I think, you know, Anita Bryant explicitly said, I love homosexuals, you know? Um, so when you hear gender-critical people say that they actually love trans people, they just 
don't want them to do x y and z and they want to keep us away from their children and they want us to you know just not be in single sex spaces and all these things it is it, it is it is hate that, that is w- what is happening um you know you're demonizing a, a minority and i think i think it's it's very important to note that this is not that things have shifted and that we're now talking about trans people in, in, in these terms very much trans people are being used as a wedge to continue to have these discussions about other LGBT people, about women's rights. You know, this is an opening for a, for a far right backlash uh, that is, is, is very strategic um, in, in demonizing a very small minority who, who they think they can get away with. Um, with with harming in in the hopes of opening up opening up conversations about a, a wider reversal of 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 progressive politics and of 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 people's human rights you know um very famous um gender critical campaigner uh, kelly j keen or posey parker is is actively um been supported by cpac um, and funded by them. And for those who don't know, is a, a bit of conservative political action committee in the United States. Hard yeah. right, hard right US. Um, you know, very. You know, also platform support Donald Trump gives you an idea. Um, you know, and she's publicly spoken out against um, young people being able to access uh, contraception and abortion. Um, you know, this is this is all. It's important to understand all of this as as, as part of um, a broader political coalition and, and movement that is not just about trans people, but trans people are politically useful to um, enable this broader hatred. I mean, just finally, I mean, I don't want to talk about what good can come of this. This is such a hideous, horrible thing. Um, you know, it's not uh, the white word is not tragedy. It was an, it was a, a completely avoidable crime and murder of a young trans girl who had everything to live for but what you know we've seen the the emotional cruelty of anti-trans activists which often i just i find just astonishing in the aftermath of this you might think some of them might pause for thought but they didn't they started as you say attacking her mother what do you think can can come out of this of, of this horror though that could this galvanize could this maybe educate people who at the moment are confused, they get this media hate all the time. Could this be a moment which can force a kind of sense of look where this has led us? I'm skeptical that it will. Um, You know, I think what I hope for is for Brianna's family to be able to try and find peace now. I think I would encourage people not to focus on Brianna Jai's murderers, but on Brianna Jai and her life and the importance that she had to her family and to her community. Um, you know, I think it's very easy to turn this into a story of, of two monsters who aren't human, when in reality, you know, they are fully culpable for their actions, but they are children. Um, they are being imprisoned, um, but there is no, you know, there is no justice in in 
locking away two children, it's not going to bring Brianna back, um, blaming them entirely for everything. And all transphobia in society is, is not the answer, as, as we know this is situated in a political context. Um, where the kind of language they were using to discuss Brianna is incredibly normalised, you know, um, I can't open my Twitter and my email inbox often without seeing the kind of language that they were using to describe Brianna, you know, including transphobic slurs, you know, addressed to me. Um, it's not, these 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 children are not unique in, in, in being transphobic. Um, and, you know, I'd urge people, you know, to focus their efforts on how we keep other trans children safe, that would be what I really urge the community to, to do going on from here is to think about the fact that Brianna was really vulnerable mm -hmm. and think about how we can make other trans children less vulnerable, work to fight the normalization of transphobia and transphobic hatred, um, and also you know support each other in a political um, environment that makes us all feel quite isolated and vulnerable at times. I think there's incredible lessons to be learned. And I hope people do remember Brianna Jai, not those who murdered her, and also use this as a moment to think, how can we protect young trans people whose lives are being made hellish? Um, yes. And deliberately so. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not just for, you know, gay and lesbian allies and bisexual allies of trans people but i hope straight people can think to themselves straight cis people can think to themselves what can we do as well um jess you've been absolutely incredible um this isn't easy for you to talk about um and you know your humanity really does shine through and you've done incredible work on this you should be so proud of it um and i'm really really so honored that you were able to come and speak to us today so do share this video and get jess's message out so we can also remember Brianna and also remember those lessons. Finally, please follow Jesso Thompson at Jesso Thompson on Twitter, incredible legal researcher, but you can also support them on patreon.com Jesso Thompson. Please do that. Thank you, Jess. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.